0: Welcome to Leadership Matters, a podcast hosted by me, Steve Parker. This is a series that brings a fresh perspective to leadership motivation and how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, and world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Each episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan and the world's most successful leaders, and to find out more about why leadership matters. We're um, very, very lucky to have Eric Maher in the studio today. Eric Maher is the CEO of Tidex Global. He's the chief evangelist of Deeper Network. We're going to ask him what that means in a moment. Don't worry. He's been in the blockchain industry for six years and previously a core member at CoinMarketCap. He's on the front page of the cryptocurrency industry. It's, a, it's an interesting industry, especially right now. And, now, and it's a fantastic opportunity to, uh, to chat to him about him and, and his role in it. Eric? Hey, very happy to be here, Steve. Thank you. Good to see you. Now, it's, uh, I've, I've known you for a long time, but we haven't seen each other for like about 18 months or something.
1: Yeah, we used to play music together and
0: things got really busy for both of us. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm, uh, I'm always in awe of people like you who, uh, we're going to talk about this in a moment, but one of the things that's interesting about you is that you're actually managing two organizations at the same time. Tell me how that works out.
1: Yeah, well, um, as CEO of Tidex, I'm managing the the company itself. You know, naturally with the position, and um, you know, in the crypto space, you're you're doing multiple things. And I was previously the CMO, the chief marketing officer for Deeper Network, and then I got this opportunity at Tidex. So I left Tidex. Um, my position changed when I left Deeper Network, and it's. Um, you know, I do a lot of PR stuff. And no, I mean, I'm the face of the company still. And um, anything there's that's PR related, doing AMAs, which is uh, ask me anything. It's basically online session where the community asks you questions and you have to answer them. So I do a lot of those things. And behind the scenes, you know, there's a lot of other um, marketing material and uh, related items that I have to do.
0: And these are all in crypto, right? It's all crypto. It's all yeah. crypto. I mean, what what part of this do you do, and how do you explain it really simply to kind of idiots like oh, me? Who man. are, That's,
1: I think the people you know, you're going to read things on um, on the news or in the in the media about you know Bitcoin going to zero, and I mean it's gone to they they've had those kind of situations over 200 times uh, where they say Bitcoin's going to go to zero, and a lot of times that stuff is propaganda by the institutions that um, decentralization does not benefit. So centralized banking systems, and, and they're very powerful. So they put out these hit pieces a, against an industry that's um, very rapidly growing. And so it's natural for for these things to come out. And if you were to listen to those things, you're going to miss the boat. Okay. You know? So
0: is crypto's moment now?
1: Absolutely. This is uh, still early. And um, if you look at... Uh, you know, when I was young, I, I was around, you know, 10 to 13 years old or something when the dot-com bubble came and, and, and it bursted later. But uh, I missed all that. I was a kid. I was playing sports in school. I had no part of that. And, you know, I had a computer, um, did, did my things and chatted and stuff. But So I was kind of uh, involved. But I had no, you know, a lot of people who are billionaires today had gotten started during that time. Um, even at a young age, they started companies with their friends and stuff that became. I mean, look at Elon Musk, right? He had PayPal, and and so as I grew up, I told myself like I can't miss another opportunity like that, even though I was so young. But I said something's going to come around, and I can't miss another opportunity. And, and here I am. This is the second opportunity that that I have, and I didn't miss it.
0: So, so I'm what? Really happy. Let's let's. Well, I want to get onto leadership in a moment, but I still want to kind of drill into this crypto thing for a second. Okay. Yeah. Right. What do you do in crypto? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, as um, CEO, you know, you're overseeing the performance of the company. So you got to lead the entire team. you got to inspire them. Um, there's a lot of uh, business development stuff, discussion about par- uh, partnerships, strategizing, and just um, you're basically representing the company. So uh, from a CEO's point of view, you're looking at a lot of those things. You're looking at budgets and, um, you know, doing reports for the for the chair. Um, at Deeper Network, I am uh, a, the main representative for the company. I'm, I know the tech and uh, discuss that with uh, media, with interviews and people and um, update the community with news. Um, so it's very PR related what I'm doing now for Deeper Network. Okay. And then behind the scenes, there's also a lot of technical stuff that we, uh, we have to do with exchanges and stuff like that.
0: And is crypto going to end up, being, is this one of these industries where there's a bunch of players out there and ultimately, eventually, it's going to kind of whittle down to a few. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so I would is, this, say, is this the war right now?
1: Uh, it's, you know, it's the exploration. It's like the, the frontier and people are getting the wagons and they're just going for it, you know, but only 5% are going to survive and uh, 95% of the, the cryptocurrencies out there right now are not going to exist in you know five years or 10 years. Um, so, yeah, it's it's still very, very new, like I mentioned, and um, it's going to change for sure. And it's, it's it's such a fast-moving industry that uh,
0: things come and go in, in months. How do you get people to work, you know, for you and to understand it and to buy into the vision? And how do you get people who work for you that are not just coming because it's crypto and they've heard it's cool? You know what I mean? You, you've got two kind of issues there. Well... The money is, is good.
1: Yeah, I got to say, you know, um, in the blockchain crypto industry, they need people. And, um, the you know, the money is a, is a huge factor, deciding factor. But I think it's the whole, what I talked about before, missing the boat. Uh, a lot of people, they know this is up and coming. It's going to be a part of everything. And so if you don't join it now and you want to stick to your, you know, to traditional kind of office job for the rest of your life, then uh, don't come. But if you want some new exp- exploration and, and new ideas and new technology, then blockchain is the place to be,
0: really. How do you encourage people to come into a company and say, you know, we're going to be good. We're going to be here for five years. We're going to be here for 10 years. We're going to be here for the rest of your life if you need us, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the, the things that people are doing in the traditional industries uh, do carry over, Uh, over to crypto and if you look at a lot of the people in crypto they're coming from different industries around the world uh, whether it's banking and it's not sometimes not even uh, finance related they're just doing marketing i mean marketing is in everything right so all the skills that they have they're able to contribute and bring over um into crypto and so i think there's some comfort uh level there where they they, at least to know when they come they can um you know, they can do what they, they're they good at. However, there's they have to realize uh, these people who are coming over, they, they you know, there's going to be people that are just against it because they're not um, supportive of like uh, learning new things. But some people, mo- most people, you know, they're very open to, to new things and uh, learning new skills. And those people that come over, they they're comfortable with, okay, as long as they know, they can learn, they can understand things that as the day progresses as the year progresses, they'll learn new skills.
0: So Eric, I wanted to come back and kind of maybe just go in a little bit deeper into some of the stuff we started to talk about. Is a company the same in crypto as it is in any other industry? Do you manage the same way?
1: I would say no. I think one of the biggest things leading in a new industry is, you know, when you're working for a traditional company, A lot of times these established companies, they have their their own methods. They have their SOPs. They have the rules. Everything is kind of like structured already. When you come into a new uh, industry like like crypto, most of the companies are startups. And when you're in a startup, you have to do everything. So even my position as CEO or CMO in the past, um, I'm doing things just what's needed. As a startup, that's what you need to do. You have to get your hands dirty. I'm not, and I'm I'm not like uh, against that. I'm totally for that because along the way you learn things that maybe you you missed in the past. Um, as well as working in new industry, one of the biggest things is, is you're setting the standard. You're setting the um, you're creating something new, and you don't you're not really following rules. So you, there's that exploration opportunity where you can,
0: you know, create new things and new ways of doing things. Do you have a philosophy of leadership? I mean, there are people that, you know, we've again on this show, we've talked about, you know, they subscribe to agile leadership, especially with the startup space, Mm -hmm. things like this. Do you have a kind of a personal philosophy?
1: I do. I'm not one about uh, position power and, um, you know, putting the fear in your employees and making sure that they do their jobs. I'm not about that at all. Uh, If you didn't know who I was, and you came into the company, you would never guess I was the CEO. Um, I like to empower other people. Anything that I learned, if if I just learned it yesterday, I'd be willing to share and teach that person, and hopefully they can make that better. Whatever it is I'm teaching them, so I think empowering others, and that's not just a motto um, in, in my leadership, and it's a motto of my life. Really, um, I found that empowering others at the end, basically, ultimately
0: empowers yourself. I mean, Google's a mature company now, right? But when Google kind of came through Alphabet, you know, they kind of changed the paradigm a little bit, right? You know, people got... It was all about snacks and napping tables and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Free you know, lunch. Right? Yeah. It was all, you know, and uh, and it was, I mean, it ended up being a bit of a scam in some ways because people end up, they spend all their times at their desks and in yeah. the office. They never leave because exactly. they've got foosball tables. They've got pool tables, you yeah. know. I mean, do you have to do all this kind of stuff in crypto to keep people engaged and in? No,
1: no. The, you know where the benefits are with crypto is the ability to to be able to work remotely and control your own schedule throughout the day. You no longer have to, to work at, you know, starting 9 o'clock and then clock out and make sure you have only one hour lunch. Um, working remotely is is the best thing that's, for me, I love it. And uh, I'm able to control my, my schedule. I work better at night when it's quieter and my, my brain functions better. So I work late into the night, and during the day I get to do things you know that I that I need to do. I mean, if you're running errands, you're not going to be able to do that at midnight. Everything's closed. But uh, now I can just go to the post office, do whatever I need, and um, and have that freedom. But the other thing is um, working remotely. You know, as hist- if you look back into history, the conditions, the working conditions of people just around the world, uh, continues to improve, right. Uh, back in the, the the olden days, there was child labor, right? Now there's no longer that. There's there's all these things that happen, and um, I remember back when I was an architect, I used, I used to be a landscape architect in the U.S. Is there anything you haven't done? <laughs> Podcast. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I remember that uh, this company I was working for, um, called LPA, and it was um, they they had the option to have uh, four-day weekdays or half-day Fridays. You had to choose. And there was that flexibility. And I think there was a need for that at a very, you know, decades ago. And so we continue to need that. You know, when people are working, like, they, they need um, flexibility. And in the traditional wor- workspace, uh, it's traditional workforce, a lot of times there's no flexibility. Um, you have to take, if you want to go see a doctor, you have to take two hours off, three hours off. And it's like, everything is like down to the minute, you know, and I, I, there was a need for this kind of flexibility. So with COVID, this forced things to happen. And so now, uh, people are able to work remotely. Um, some never have to go into the office. Uh, of course you're going to have a lot of pushback from that, you know, as things change. But I think ultimately, um,
0: it's changing right now. It's changing the way we work. So I've had people have come in to talk to me about leadership and they've said to me that, you know, remote working, uh, it doesn't work for them because they want to know, they want to know where people are. They want to know what they're doing. They want to know. They, they don't believe if they don't see them, right. If they don't see them, they don't believe they're working. How how do you, I mean, how do you respond to something like
1: that? Well, that's just, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that at all. I think you have to learn how to manage KPIs. You have to learn how to set those things. And you talked about OKRs. Um, To be able to track those, as long as the result is there, really people can do whatever they want. I mean, people work at different paces too, right? Some people need hours and hours to do this one thing. Another person might have a really good way to figure out how how to get that same result just within, you know, half an hour. So why force that half an hour person to sit there
0: and, you know, and milk them for other stuff? You know, you're you're speaking to the converted here. I I years ago I had an employee and sort of share very quickly, I had an employee. And uh people used to complain about this employee because they would always go home on time or early, right? And uh and basically my response to them was, yeah. But she's better than you all are. <laughs> exactly. Right? You know. She right? just got everything done. Yeah. She got it all done in the time and she went away and she kept – she had a great life, work-life balance for her. You know, she did what she had to do. She was just better. She was quicker. Let's not say better, right? Let's say she was just quicker She was, and she achieved everything oh, she had to do, right? Yeah. Efficiency, yeah. you know? I.
1: <sighs> and it's not fair because if you – you all know, you always have – you know, maybe you are that person – who is better at doing something? And guess what? You end up with all the work. And you get overworked because they're like, well, uh, she's really good at it or he's really good at it. Let's give it to him. And then, um, you know, and you get you don't really necessarily always get compensated for it. So, yeah.
0: We talked a little bit about uh, learning and development. I want to move a little bit on to how do you personally keep on top of all the stuff? that you've got to do and manage your daily, you know?
1: Honestly, you know, interacting with people is the the way I learn the most. And I'm not afraid to ask questions. And, you know, I'm not a CEO that knows everything. Nobody knows everything. So if I don't know something, I will go ahead and ask it. If it's something like very, very technical, I'll ask my devs a particular question and try to you know, ask it in a way that they would be able to share. and I I'm going to
0: check you there for a second. Devs is, uh, what does that mean?
1: Um, it's developers. Okay. Yeah, so these like are software coders. coders. Okay, cool. Yeah, hardware Canary software. Yeah, yeah. So like they, you ask it in a way that they want to share that with you. Because, you know, devs are a different breed. So uh, sometimes they're not very social. So you have to dig that out of them. And you learn from that. Um, just talking even from regular work meetings with other companies, you discuss things. And you learn things from meetings as well. And so it's not always just from reading. It's not always like that kind of traditional, you know, reading and and learning and memorizing and that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. So I think this thing, asking questions is a big one, right? Yeah. Don't be, don't be like uh, shy to because a lot of people think, oh, what if they think I'm stupid? Like, I don't know what I'm talking
0: about. So this is the old school CEO. The yes. old school CEO is supposed to be the font of all knowledge. Right. Right. Yeah. I know it. People come to me and we still, you know, we're both in Taiwan. We still have a bit of that going on in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. We know that. Maybe yeah. it's a global thing, but my experience is here. Mm-hmm. You know, whether the, the chairman or the CEO or the whoever it is, you know, there's a meeting. Everybody waits. <laughs> and then eventually the CEO speaks and then everybody goes. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they all go. Any questions? and nobody has any questions right, right. and so whatever hairbrained <laughs> idea maybe it's a good idea right 9 times out of 10 it's probably going to be a good idea right mm-hmm. ceo there's a reason you're the ceo right yeah. but you don't know everything right and i think that's a super important uh, yeah it's super important thing to remember
1: yeah i mean imagine when you were younger back in uh, the 1800s steve <laughs> <laughs> no but Thank like you. if Thank a you. ceo had at, at that time came up to you steve and asked you a question about something you were good at um, you sharing that doesn't that empower you don't you feel good about that after you share it what's the first feeling you have you feel good about yourself you feel confidence right not oh the CEO doesn't know anything right so that's that goes back to you know asking people the right questions um, empowering others by teaching them if you build confidence in your employees they're gonna feel better they're gonna feel, like they know what they're doing. They're gonna do way more than you expect when you do that. You know,
0: so that's that's all. That's the whole
1: thing. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna come on to a little bit of. Uh, I want to talk about project management as opposed to kind of company management for a second. Is that a different kind of management from running the company management?
1: Yes, and you know, you have, for instance, if you're talking about devs, you have a CTO, the chief technology officer, who does that. You don't have to do everything. And you don't have to talk to the devs either. You talk to the CTO, what's the current progress, right? And you manage them. And so managing projects, you have other team members that manage those projects and they report to you as a CEO. But um, as far as management of uh, the company itself, you know, that's that's different. You're looking at other th- things that other um, of you know, your coworkers aren't really looking at, you know, financial officer, they're going to have their thing. So you kind of like get all the C people together and you talk about, you know, you know, you have them report to you. And then uh, so you have a better idea of what the company is uh, is okay. doing. Yeah.
0: So how often do you have meetings in a week? Once.
1: Just once. Is that um, a full team with, meeting? With the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the team. I, I don't like to, to strap people down with tons of meetings. I think it hinders their their performance as well. They feel drained if they have to have a meeting every day but I have tons of meetings a week with other people. But as far as team goes, I only require one mandatory meeting at the beginning of the week. And it's set time every week. Yep. Same time. They it's know set. They they've they got to be prepared. Oh yeah. They got to do the reports. Uh, we have an agenda. Um, you have to let them know ahead of time what's going to be talked about so they can be prepared. And otherwise, uh, and you want to run an efficient meeting. Um, I try not to let my meetings go over one hour and, um, and I think that's important too because these endless meetings sometimes that go for hours and hours, it really drains you. And for the rest of the day, the, nobody wants to do anything.
0: What about uh, outcomes and following up? I mean, meetings, got to have an agenda, I get that. Who who Who's responsible for ensuring that whatever's agreed on is then carried out? Well, the way you leave that previous meeting that uh, you
1: discussed that particular item, you make sure it's clear, you know, where the ball is—is is it in your court or in, or in my court, and and you follow up by by set pre-setting this. You know, uh, I'll talk to you in a week um, on Monday by this, so you'll send it to me by noon on Monday. Is that right? You know, you, you confirm these things before. If you leave it open-ended, uh, it's it's going to be very hard to to meet any deadline. So you got to set those kind of deadlines. At the end, you know, not, not and not in a hard way, just in a friendly way. Uh, th-
0: these are kind of small detail stuff, but I think they're super important because mm. I think what, you know, in my experience, a lot of meetings get to the end of the meeting and the only thing that's decided is when you're going to have another meeting, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, okay, so we'll meet next week on, and, and in the meantime? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to make that stuff clear. And that's part of remote work. If you manage that well, uh, remote work is it's great. Because then you don't have to, you know, sit in an office all day. I, I go around, I see people, like, uh, going to lunch. It's like letting uh, poor animals out of the cage, but they have to come back later, you know. It's just, I don't know how people do it anymore. I couldn't I couldn't do it.
0: Okay. Eric, I mean, we could talk forever on a lot of this stuff, and I know, but I just want to kind of bring it all back and see if I've kind of got what you're trying to tell me. What I've heard from you about the, the industry, that you're working in a new industry, so... In a sense, you're creating the processes as you go. Um, you know, it's it's a startup, right? Startups, everybody has to be responsible for everything. You know, exactly. You, right? You can't be, you know, you can't be, well, that's, that's not, my, not job. my job, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've all heard that before, yeah. right? You have to do what's needed in order to get to where you want to go. And in a sense, you're setting the standards as you go, mm-hmm. right? You're creating the SOPs for the next time and then you'll adjust it and keep going. But don't be afraid to kind of revisit those and go, well, kind of worked, but maybe we can do something a bit better, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hearing from you a lot about empowering others and I love that about you. You know, I've uh you know, you and I have played music together and you've always empowered me to be the rock star yeah. while you're the support group. And yeah. I and I really appreciate that about I don't you. Don't mind it. But empowering others, I think is uh you know, I, and what I'm hearing from you is you You empower others, but also by empowering them, what you're doing is you're learning from them and what they do, right? They're taking control of the process. They may be more knowledgeable than you in some areas and you're allowing them to share and show that knowledge and learning from that as well. Let them shine. Right, right? Let them shine. That's going to be the name of my new book. (laughs) Don't be afraid to ask questions, right? There's a lot of CEOs, leaders, middle managers, and even new employees who are afraid to ask the questions. If you don't know, ask if it's, you know, I think if you let it go too long, right, it gets to a point where you can't ask anymore. You're supposed to know that stuff, right? Ask when you need to know, right? Yeah. At the beginning, just ask the question. Putting leaders in charge of projects. And again, it's part of your empowering, but you don't have to be. As a CEO or as a leader, you don't have to be in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. You empower somebody else to lead and run a project.
1: Yep. Focus on the high level stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And again, this idea of meetings, managing meetings. We all need to have meetings. We need to have processes, right? But set the agenda, be clear on who has to do what, and know when those things have to be achieved by. Sounds very simple, but I think some of us forget these just basic, basic daily routines. Yep. Absolutely. Erica, you're an inspiration to me as always. You too, Steve. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. You can listen to this podcast live on the fourth Monday of every month on ICRT and after that on the ICRT website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Leadership Matters by Steve Parker. You can also check out my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, everything. We'll see you next time.